Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today is Saturday, August 27th, 2022, and this episode covers all of today's Major League Baseball games. If you've missed the college triple episodes, we've got two of those out there for you, about an hour and a half's worth of content. You still got time to listen to all that before the games get going today. Only one game in the early slot, so a lot of good stuff for later. Check those out if you haven't yet. But in case you're new here, I built a mathematical model for win probability and totals using hitter and pitcher projections I've created, along with weather data, in order to make one money line pick on every game that's played seven days a week, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean that I recommend you do the same as my goal in this episode, is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on and explain why the model or I like or don't like a certain play. In order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with, I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. And as I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so it'll give you our loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to see it'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Yesterday, things didn't go quite as we hoped. <clears throat> lost a little bit on the A picks, lost a little bit on the B picks. Um, you know, it's 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 been one of those weeks here now, about seven days in a row. And uh, these things just kind of happen. Uh, it'll bounce back around uh, hopefully soon enough. I still feel pretty good about the model uh, overall with where it's going. Uh, you know, you know, yeah, last night, you know, the Marlins model said take the Marlins. And I was very skeptical. I tweeted about this. I was like, ah, I don't know about this. I think they're going to get killed. They hung in there, had a lead, took it in the ninth, got the extra innings. Um, would have been a, a, a nice plus odds winner for us that could have pulled it off. And just fell apart there in the kind of the ninth and the tenth. And the Brewers, you know, with Peralta having a no-hitter for so long, going to extras, and then down by one, bases loaded, one out, and grabbing to the easiest double play I can ever remember seeing. Uh, other than maybe like a line drive where you just touch the base yourself, right? I mean, crab ball to the second baseman, he just tags the runner and makes a, you know, 15-foot flip to first. Uh, you know, just some things like that happening. You know, Tigers are the nice little comeback there where that rally falls short. Uh, that's the way it goes. Uh, hopefully we'll bounce back here uh, again today. And the thing that I really want to talk about, I tweeted about this. <clears throat> if you haven't seen it, 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 when you check out the Google Sheet today, I'm switching around just for accounting purposes, the wagering uh, scaling just a tiny bit now. Um, and, and I mentioned this, if you're more of an advanced better, if you're using things like the Kelly criteria, which I've mentioned before in the educational videos, if you're doing things like that, which I highly recommend as you start progressing through your gambling career, um, you know, it, how I scale my stuff doesn't really affect you. You know, you're looking at actual odds. You're looking at probabilities. You're maybe making your own adjustment or, or, or averaging my probability with another one out there, whatever you're doing, right? Um, it might doesn't affect it, but I think it works better for just kind of the eye test because I was having this problem. I talked about, I was having this problem with, you know, especially like the, the Mets and the Phillies these last couple of nights. I really liked both of them, but I was like, I don't want to wager like nine units or 12 units or something. I was like, it's just kind of madness. It was minus 110 sports, you know, when you're, when you're doing point spreads and totals kind of works the same way, you know, for the most part, you know, it doesn't really matter there. Cause if you can tie your confidence to your units on it, it works out pretty well, but it doesn't work when you got these big, big favorites and underdogs. And I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, 
as the season goes on in September, we're going to continue to see some of these big splits. I was like, I got to deal with this kind of because I want to indicate to y'all how much I like a play kind of irrespective of how many units I want to put on. I want to say, even if it's a big favorite, I want to say, hey, I really like it. Now, of course, we have to temper our wager, but I, I didn't really know how to do that. So what I've done instead of tying the grading system um, to how many units we risk or wager tying the grading system to how many units we want to collect. So we're going to collect, we're going to pay out six units for an A play, four for a B and two for a C. And that way now, if it's a big underdog, uh, I can still give the same co the confidence level that I have with the A, B or C scaling system, but it'll be a little bit less because it's an underdog uh, because we'll be trying to, to collect two, four, six units. And then with the big favorites, the same thing. I can I can give a big favorite and A grade play and I have to be like, oh, I'm risking 10 units or something crazy that none of us would ever do. Uh, and you'll see that kind of an example today. So I kind of like it from an accounting standpoint. I think it works a little bit better. And again, if you're just kind of eyeballing, it kind of gives you some rough markers to look at um, and, and allows me to kind of avoid this conundrum of I really like this play, I really don't like this play, but the odds kind of are forcing me to kind of shift it around. Now I can just kind of give the grades that I really think it deserves and then let the math take care of itself. I was a little bit concerned because the math's going to look a little bit uglier now. It's not going to be as kind of easy to calculate things. Um, but, you know, I've all got it in the Google sheet and I, I trust, you know, a lot of y'all are, if you don't like the math, you're probably not here. I'm a math guy, right? So, I mean, I, I, I would trust you. Y'all are, are a smart crew um, and, and y'all can handle it. It's just an extra couple decimal places in the sheet. Uh, but I think, I think it'll work out a lot better. Before I get to today's slate, we'll talk some of that, more about that later. Here's some reminders. Please hit that like button. If you're on YouTube, also, if you are yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free and the only way, assuming you turn notifications on, to ensure you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Share with a friend if you know others in the game. Hit me up on Twitter or drop a comment from YouTube. I love those and try to respond to as many as I can. We've also partnered with Horse Racing Today. For those of you who like to play the ponies, you can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. They've got a team of five with over 125 years to provide experience in handicapping horse races. There's an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. Check out their YouTube shows or website. The links are in the description. One last note here before we get started. I did want to comment. I thought it was really interesting. Yesterday was definitely a day where I said about four or five different pictures. I said they're a whole lot better, a whole lot worse than their ERA indicates. And they really made that shine yesterday. And you never quite expect it all to happen at one night or you never know when those things are going to happen that's what i always talk about you know a guy who has good numbers but it's smoke and mirrors or a guy who's um bad numbers but i think he's really a lot better than that we just kind of trust the process and you just never know when it's going to bounce back uh, on these situations but saw a lot of it last night i felt like last night if you remember you know the scene in billy madison where the guy you know after he gets the apology phone call he turns out crosses the name off his list i feel like i've got this list of pictures that i'm like Here's a guy who I'm going for or against because the numbers, he's much better than people realize or much worse than people realize. And last night, just crossed a lot of those names off the list because it's like, yep, yeah, people going to realize it after that start. People going to realize it after that start. I just want to go through real quick. I, I thought it was crazy uh, how many of them there were last night. We started off with uh, Mike Miner, a guy who I said wasn't quite as bad as at ERA. And I was like, he could have some success against that bad Nationals offense. And sure enough, again, not that I think Mike Miner's good, right? Just that, again, he wasn't like the worst pitcher ever. Um, and it gets against the Nats, like my, uh, Freddie Peralta, I said, you know, he had a 408 ERA entering yesterday. I said, but the underlying metrics said it should be more around the low threes. I was like, he's not that bad. I mean, he's a pretty solid pitcher. Sure enough, he looked good. Um, I talked about, uh, I talked about Waka, who I still, I still backed and I still thought that was a solid play. And thankfully the Red Sox came back 
late there and did it for us, but I talked about him. I said, uh, I still think he's solid. I still think he's above average, but my goodness, he's not as good as that 228 ERA. The advanced metrics had him closer to four. Sure enough, he struggled. Um, I talked about uh, Kyle Bradish for the Orioles. I said, hey, he's not nearly as bad as at 625 ERA. He's much more closer to average. He looked fantastic of his life last night. I mean, he, he, even I didn't, you know, I expected him to still get hit around a little bit. I mean, that was um, pretty incredible. I talked about uh, Cueto. I talked about, I still like that White Sox pick. And I, and I still stand by that White Sox pick. I, I tweeted about this. I was just kind of a wonky thing where through six innings, they had the same number of base runners. One team had seven runs, one team had one run. That's yeah, baseball, right? That crap happens where it's like they just one team bunches everything together in one inning. The other team just kind of spreads it around, just hits into a ton of double play balls. That stuff happens. That's that's sports, right? We all know it. We've all played it. We've all seen it. Uh, but I still was a little bit like, hey, I think Cueto's still solid, but he's not nearly as good um, as that shiny 258 ERA. So the underlying metric said it should be around four. Sure enough, uh, that's going to bounce back now after last night. He had some good luck where he was spreading out all those base runs. And last night, it just all came back where it all happened in one inning. And not that, again, we expect anything we just expect all of these things to happen over the course of time some dates you're going to get lucky some stretches you're going to get lucky where those base runs are going to spread out other stuff's going to clump together and he had some good luck before and i had all that bad luck where everything came together in in one inning uh so i just thought it was interesting last night just watching through that just kind of saying hey like a lot of these guys who i was saying we got to look at these underlying metrics i'm not trying to toot my own horn here i'm not the only person who talks about these things and thinks about these things i'm just trying to get us to be thinking about uh, there's a reason why I, I talk about that and I do that because I want to make sure that we are uh, not misled by something like uh, ERA, which can be very deceptive. It does a good job of telling you how someone has performed. It doesn't necessarily do the best job of telling you how they will perform. So getting to the games here today, 307 Eastern, first pitch, Angels at the Blue Jays. Shohei Otani versus Alec Manoa. Manoa, another guy I just talked about. I've been saying for a while now, I'm just kind of waiting for his numbers to bounce back. As we get later on the season, it may never happen. And Manoa's a good pitcher. Don't don't hear me wrong on that one. But the advanced metrics say his ERA should be about a full run higher than his 266 number would indicate. Otani, on the other hand, 283 ERA. And the underlying metrics say it should be a little bit better. Otani has struggled as of late. Struggled with innings, you know, getting deeper into the games. And that's not good given the Angels have a below average bullpen. But I feel a little bit with Otani, um, you know, People are kind of like a foot with McClanahan where we've backed him a couple times lately where McClanahan had a couple bad starts and people were kind of off of him. And I'm like, this guy's still really good. Like, I don't know why we've just abandoned ship on him. Otani's really good. And we faded him a lot this season. I talked about it's been profitable, but it's like, this is a, a good opportunity to back him. The Blue Jays, again, are overpriced. I'm constantly talking about this. Got the big plus odds winner with the Angels last night in a game that wasn't even close. Um, the Blue Jays aren't bad. And I, I give the I give them the best offensive rating of all the teams' current roster right now. I mean, that's that. I, I don't think the Blue Jays are bad. They're just being priced like they're a top tier team, and they're good, but they're just not that good. Um, so I mean, I think it's a great opportunity to back Otani today. Again, I, I I think if you look at the ERAs and you say these two pitchers are similar, that doesn't mean Manoa won't outpitch Otani today. But I don't think he's in. I think Otani's in a much clearer, different level than Manoa is. Backing Otani here, I think, makes a lot of sense. Offensively, again, I think the Jays' offense is good, but again, they're just not as good against righties. Uh, I think it's uh, you know edge to the Jays offensively, but not a ton. Edge to the Jays with the relievers, just not a ton, and a big edge to the Angels here with the starting pitcher. Games in Toronto, the Blue Jays should be favored, but the model says minus 122, so I'll take the Angels at plus 133, and I think it's another great opportunity to fade them. It's an A-grade play for me 
on the angels. And again, that the model says the total really well. 7.5 is the total, and the model says 7.7. For 10 Eastern first pitch race at the Red Sox, uh, will be in the mid-70s to start, low 70s around finish. Winds blowing in at around 5 miles an hour for the entirety of this game. Jeffrey Springs versus Rich Hill. Uh, edge the, to the race here, starting pitcher-wise with Springs. No doubt about it. Uh, I don't think he's quite as good as that 246 ERA. I do have concerns about how deep he's going to be able to go. Um, he's had a couple times where he's gone deep. For the most part, he's been more of a five- or six-inning type pitcher. Um, but in general, it's not like you're going to get much better than that from Rich Hill. So, I mean, talk about Rich Hill having a fantastic start given his age and a fantastic start for him is five innings. So, I mean, uh, you have the same concerns with Hill. So, I mean, a massive edge here for the Rays, starting pitcher-wise. Absolutely, though. Um, I do think Hill's maybe a little bit better than that 468 DRA based off of the um, advanced metrics. But, again, Rays have an edge there for sure. Relievers, probably a wash. Offense, probably a wash. I've got the Rays as road favorites here. Um, I just think the price is a little bit too steep on them. Model says Rays minus 108. Um, so I'll take the Red Sox at plus 110. Offers a little bit of value. This is a C play that I would look into at plus odds. I think anything can happen in this game. But it's so it's not just a complete pass, but it's not one that I, I'm running to the window for. I don't really I think it's a great investment opportunity here. I just think there's a little bit of value in the Red Sox. Maybe something to look at, especially track how the number moves. Um, Red Sox may be worth a look. Um, at least right now, the price on the race is just too high. But again, there's a lot more valuable plays on the slate today, in my opinion. Um, total also priced pretty well. Model says 8.7. Actual total is 8.5. Two games at the 6 o'clock Eastern slot. Both of them I like a lot. These are kind of two prime examples of uh, the new kind of scaling way that I'm working this again for accounting purposes. Pirates and the Phillies. Um, Around mid-80s to start in Philadelphia, around 80 degrees to close. Winds will be blowing a little bit in to start, kind of shifting more across. Totals 9, the model says 9.1, so another game. I think the total plays that I've highlighted on this show, I think it have gone pretty well. I haven't been tracking them. I'm trying to kind of take the pressure off and just kind of say, I want to focus on one thing here. But I feel like those total plays have worked fairly well. But you're seeing, again, a lot of what I talked about, why I, I said it's just it's harder to kind of make a total pick on every game like I'm doing with the money line because – uh, so many of them, are, I think, are priced really well. I think nine's a perfect number for this game. A model agrees with that. Uh, Tyler Beatty versus Kyle Gibson. The Phillies should be massive favorites in this one. Um, Phillies team we've been backing a lot lately, and, and, and I like them again here. Gibson's fairly average, 430 ERA. Underlying metrics align with that pretty well. A guy who, for the last year now, has at times overperformed and underperformed, and it's kind of just a the truth's always been right in the middle. If you've been looking at those underlying metrics, he's never been as good as he's looked and he's never been as bad as he's looked either. Just kind of a solid average pitcher, which is a whole lot better than the pirates will be throwing in Tyler Beatty 413 ERA, but the underlying metrics say it should be closer to five. Um, obviously the relievers for the Phillies, pretty solid for the pirates. Not like I was talking about, you can count on those guys to give up some runs, especially with a good Phillies offense. Uh, Harper last night, right out the gate, looking good. Uh, the pirates offense, not good. I mean, again, Philly should be massive favorites here at home. Questions by how much. I think this price of 260 is pretty short. And it's an A-grade play for me in the Phillies. And this is the strength of the new system that I have. Because previously, I would have had to have given this a B play. Because I wasn't going to risk eight units just to win three. Um, because eight units for the Phillies here tonight, it's not like it's you know an 80% likelihood that they win. 85% or whatever. Models are 75%. So I'm okay putting a heavier investment on the Phillies, but the previous system I was using, some of those units were getting just out of hand and too risky. So the new system, I like this a lot better at risk. I believe uh, 4.33 units 
on this one. And so it's still an A grade. It's just the odds are so high that that's kind of the way that I'm uh, illustrating that we want to temper um, how much you put on a big model here says Phillies minus 306. Um, so I think the Phillies are a great investment, um, especially here if you're in the mid 200s. Uh, now, if, as it gets closer to minus 300, uh, that would drop to a B grade play for me again uh, on this one. But uh, mid 200s, I think the Phillies are the right side. I think this price should be higher. Again, we talked about it yesterday, we talked about it the day before. So we get towards the outliers here on these bigger games. Um, we're going to see a lot of discrepancies between what the books offer because it's it's harder to figure it out. And I think the model is a pretty good job of trying to accurately figure out where there's value. And here, I think there's value on the Phillies. Uh, there's going to be some value on underdogs. There's going to be some value on favorites. There's no such thing as uh, favorites can't offer value. It doesn't matter how high they are. Even I would take a minus 1,000 favorite if the probability that that thing hits is 98%. I'd have to feel confident it'd be 98%. And that, how do you do that? That's a whole other story, right? What, whatever type of prop it is or whatever. But a minus anything can offer value. And plus anything can offer value. In this case, the Phillies are big favorites. I think they are a smart play here at in, the, in these mid-200 prices, a great play for me on them. The other side of that coin, 16 Eastern first pitch, Dodgers, the Marlins. I think the Marlins offer a lot of value at plus odds. And this is one where, again, I would have had to have given this a B play previously because I would have said I don't need to risk three units because of how much we're going to win on the Marlins at nearly a plus 200 underdog. But I think uh, the Marlins are a great investment here tonight with a new system. I'm risking 2.14. Um, so I'm still able to give it an A grade confidence, but it would have been, like I said before, with a B, with what I would have given a B grade saying, I only want to risk two. So now I can actually give it the A grade and not give it the grade based off how much I want to risk um, here. But I think there's a lot of value in the Marlins. I think you should absolutely look into how you scale it, of course, is up to you. I'm giving you kind of a template and a guide um, there in the sheet ratio wise, and you can divide those out or multiply those. However, you know, you feel like doing just a little bit of a tip here, but I think the Marlins are a great investment here tonight. Uh, obviously, Sandy Alcantara struggled last time out against the Dodgers, but I mean, he's been amazing all season long, and I don't see that continuing. I think this guy's just an amazing pitcher. And, and like I talked about at the top, a guy who I was saying probably not as good as the numbers indicated, right? And 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 I, I still say the same thing. He's had a 219 year in the season. Underlying metrics say it should be around three, which is still really good. Um, but 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 a, 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 again, a low three year pitcher is really good at home in, in that ballpark. Should be able to keep the Dodgers at bay. Does that mean he's going to shut them out? You never expect the Dodgers to get shut out, right? But I think he can have some success. Last start, I think, was an aberration. I think he's going to be able to learn from it. I just don't see that same thing happening. I trust him to bounce back and pitch much better tonight. Again, one of the absolute best pitchers in baseball. And the benefit for him, even though the underlying metrics say his ERA should be around three, the guy who's giving you tremendous length better than almost anybody else in the sport, or better this year than anybody else in the sport, period. I mean, old school, you know, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander type can go out there and give you eight innings and you're like, yeah, that's just a Tuesday for this kid. Uh, and that helps because the Marlins bullpen, as we saw last night, not very good, right? I think there's a lot of value with this number at plus 180. Model says it should be 160, so a 20-cent differential there. Again, the Marlins don't win this one half the time, but they don't need to with these plus odds. I think the Marlins are absolutely worth an investment. Dustin May pitching here, only his second outing. Um, I like May a lot. I mean, he gets a 78-grade rating, which is really impressive given that he's missed about a year. But, I mean, I think this – this kid is the real deal and a, and a struggling Marlins offense, probably not going to have a lot of success against him. The thing is uh, it should be a low scoring game and in a low scoring game where anything can happen. Plus plus one eighty is just way too much value to pass up on. This is one where I'd actually go under. I don't love going under six and a half, but 
I don't see many runs being scored in this one. Now, you may have the same thing happen yesterday where there's six runs scored in extra innings. You never know with that sort of stuff, right? But model says six, and I tend to agree. I think he got great starting pitcher. May's probably not going to go too deep for us, even before injury. He was never a guy who was going seven or eight consistently, but he'll be able to go deeper against a bad Marlins team. Um, and the Dodgers relievers ought to have some level of success here as well. Should be a low-scoring game. Um, I'd, I'd look at under six and a half as much as uh, six and a half is not a fun total to go under. Model says six, and I tend to agree. That's how I price this. I price this right at six and, and dare people to go under that number where you have even one less number that you win on. Uh, but again, low scoring game, plus 180, too much value to pass up on the Marlins there in that one. Seven to five Eastern first pitch Reds at the Nationals. Mid 80s to start in Washington, upper 70s to close. Uh, winds staying under five miles an hour, no wind effect there. Nice night in Washington. Luis Sessa will start for the Reds in a bullpen game. Paolo Espino for the Nats. Two pitchers and two sets of pitchers that I think are are really going to struggle. Two offenses that are really going to struggle. I mean, this is bad baseball all around. Uh, there's a lot of other games to watch. There's some college football to watch. Um, this game probably shouldn't find your television set, but I, like I'm always saying, you don't have to watch them to make the monies on them. And I think there's a lot of value here on the Reds at plus 124. Uh, model says it's Nats minus 102. Says this is a straight up coin toss game. Give me plus 124 and a coin toss all day long. That's why it gets an A grade. Uh, from me i have no idea what's going to happen like i said bad baseball all the way around plus 124 is a great value uh because who the heck knows uh who the heck knows with sessa starting he probably just going to give you one or two innings uh and then, and then the rest of the reds relievers which aren't good but espino 431 year in the season underlying metrics it should be a little bit worse than that the model doesn't have a lot of faith in him or what comes behind him so i mean bad pitching bad offense bad everything um Plus 124 just offers too much value to pass up in a who-the-heck-knows type game. And a game that's totaled at 8.5, and, and the model says 7.8. I'm not going to disagree with the model on the total on this one, but I'm not running to place an under bet on this one. These offenses are really bad, and that's what the model's picking up on, is that there's just nothing left offensively for either one of these teams at this point. And so the model's saying it's not really a warm night, and how are these teams going to score? And again, this year what we've seen is bad pitching versus bad pit- hitting. Bad pitching tends to win out where that used to not be the case um, with the previous baseball, but the pitching's also so bad. Like I said, I'm not running to the window to bet under eight and a half. I, I guess I'm not going to disagree with the model, but I'm not going to say like I'm wholeheartedly endorsing that either. Um, I think there's a lot of question marks in this game and a total that this is a game that could be three to two or eight to seven. And I don't think any of it would surprise me really. Um, again, main thing is just since I don't know what the heck's going to happen, plus 124 just offers tremendous value, in my opinion, on the Reds. Seven to five start time. Tigers at the Rangers. Mentioned that Tigers comeback just fell a little bit short last night. Tonight had a pair of lefties in Eduardo Rodriguez and Dallas Keuchel, a guy who struggled, got released, struggled, got released, and is back. Uh, as an Astros fan, I, I've loved Dallas Keuchel. He's been a, a huge part of a lot of good Astros teams, but I mean, he obviously doesn't have it anymore. The model held on hope for him, 
at the start of the season and, and even towards the middle of the season and kind of just said, hey, historically, though, he's been more mediocre. So maybe he can kind of regain that form. But as another bad start turned to another bad start, turned to another bad start, the model just slowly was giving up on him. Minor league numbers also not like extremely encouraging either. I don't think anything's really changed. The model gives him a 120 rating and 100 is average. And the bigger you go, the worse you get. I think the worst pitcher in the database is around 130 right now. So, I mean, it's not good news for uh, the Rangers here throwing Dallas Keuchel. I don't really expect a lot. 853 ERA in the season. He's not that bad. No, Nobody really is um, it, it, that makes it to the major leagues as a pitcher that bad. But, again, underlying metrics still have him in the mid-fives. I mean, it's it's not good <laughs> at all. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, solid pitcher, 389 ERA in his Nine outings this season, underlying metrics say low force. I mean, obviously a massive edge for the Tigers here, starting pitcher-wise, but a pretty big edge for the Rangers here offensively because that Tigers offense is just abysmal. Um, but again, a, a Rangers offense, talk about a little bit left-handed heavy, projects to be a little bit worse against them. So that takes the giant edge. And if I plugged in Eduardo Rodriguez's variety, it's a, it's a very different story here from what the model would give us. It takes that giant offensive edge that the Rangers have that really would completely cancel the pitching edge and makes it a little bit smaller. Tigers relievers better than the Rangers relievers. I've got this as uh, Tigers minus 104. I think the wrong team's favorite. I think Tigers plus 106 is a good look. If you're getting plus on the on the Tigers, I think it's worth an investment here. It's a B grade play for me. Not a big enough edge to give an A grade. And that Tigers offense is absolutely scary. But if they're ever going to have success, it's going to be against Dallas Keuchel. The problem is the flip side's true. If Dallas Keuchel's ever going to have success, it's against this Tigers offense. So uh, not enough confidence here to give this an A grade play. But I think the wrong team's favorite here. I think the edge that the Tigers have pitching from the start to finish is larger than the edge that the Rangers are going to have offensively because Eduardo Rodriguez is a left-handed pitcher. I think the Tigers should be favored here, even on the road. Again, model says minus 104, so plus 106 is a B-grade play. Total is 8. Model says 7.3, and I feel the same on this total as I did the previous one. I'm not going to disagree with the model here, but there's just a huge question mark on Tigers offense versus Dallas Keuchel. I have no idea what to expect. I do think the Rangers are going to struggle to score on this one. So maybe you look Rangers team total under. I don't think they're going to have a lot of success against Rodriguez and those Tigers relievers. But the big question mark is exactly how many runs the Tigers are going to score. Again, it's a terrible offense, but it's a terrible starting pitcher. And I don't really know how that combination goes. Again, historically, this season with this ball, bad pitching versus bad hitting, bad pitchings tended to win out. So... The model thinks it's more likely to be four three Tigers than six to five. Like I said, I, I guess, but again, with Dallas Keuchel involved, playing an under is terrifying. So it's not one I'm running to go under, even though the model indicates under. Maybe you have a little bit different angle, look team total, uh, maybe you, know, you live bet it, whatever. Maybe you have some different angles on that as well. Just my thought on it is, I probably would go under if I had to choose. But it's not an exciting under, given how bad Dallas Keuchel's looked this season. 17 Eastern first pitch, Rockies at the Mets. Low 80s to start, upper 70s to close. A slight breeze blowing in, but it should stay under 5 miles an hour. A pair of lefties here, Kyle Freeland versus David Peterson. That's edge Rockies. Rockies offense, competent against lefties, not so much against righties. Mets offense, amazing against righties, but much closer to average against lefties as they're very left-handed and switch hitter heavy. You know what I'm talking about this? As with every game, I'm talking about a projection, not about what's happened, not what's happened in the last 30 days, things like that. There's a lot of noise in lefty-righty split. So again, we're just going to stick to what we know works as the best predictor, which is just, are you a left-handed hitter or a right-handed hitter? That's your best predictor of success. 
full stop. And that's how we're going to play this, right? So we'll see weird stretches where teams do perform better or worse against lefties or righties, but that doesn't mean it's predictive going forward. It's like, yeah, right. It does do a good job of telling you what did happen. It doesn't tell you the best job of what's going to happen. So both these teams project such that double left-handed pitchers edge Rockies. Now that said, I still have David Peterson as a better pitcher than Kyle Freeland. <clears throat> I still have the Mets relievers is better. And I still have the Mets offense is better even though that discrepancy gets smaller lefty-lefty. So the Mets still should be favored in this game, but a price like minus 240 is a little bit too high. We were on the Mets here the last couple of nights as massive favorites. I just can't do it here with this lefty-lefty setup. I'll be on the Rockies here at plus 216. It's not a play that I think has a lot of value, though. It's it's really just more of a stay away for me, and you'll see that kind of reflected now with this new grading system. It's like 0.6 units on the Rockies. Small, small investment, just taking a flyer on a plus odds, saying maybe the lefty-lefty thing works out, the Rockies accidentally win a game. But it, it, the price isn't high enough on the Rockies to get excited. Model says it should be 224. So, I mean, if it was 240, 250, now I'm getting a little bit more excited about the odds there and saying it's not that I think the Rockies are any more likely to win, but I my payout being larger means that it's worth a longer look, maybe a little bit more of an investment. The odds aren't high enough to get really excited about the Rockies, but minus 240, I can't back the Mets either. Again, when the model says it should be minus 224, price just a little bit too high on the Mets right now. Uh, again, if it drops down to around minus 220, now you're talking about a little bit of a different story. But as of this morning, the price on this one is pretty solid and one that's a stay away. Totals 8.5. Model says 7. Model loves the under here uh, tonight. It's definitely worth a look. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to be quite as high of a scoring game as last night. Um, City Field there in New York plays pretty pitcher-friendly. It's not going to be exactly a warm night. As much as the Rockies' offense looks better against lefties, I still don't think they're going to have a ton of success. But I think this Mets offense looks much more humid against the lefty. Freeland's a decent pitcher. Uh, model gives him a 103 grade. Better than that 493 ERA. That's inflated because, of course, Field, of course, um, but I mean, a decent pitcher with Freeland lefty against the Mets ought to have some success. Peterson's a fairly good pitcher too. I think he also has some success. I just think the Rockies at least stand a little bit more chance with the lefty eight and a half seems way too high. I like under model loves this under as well. <clears throat> 17 Eastern first pitch Cubs at the Brewers. You talked about that Brewers heartbreak already. Uh, tonight it'll be Drew Smiley versus Brandon Woodruff. Smiley's pitched really well as of late. Pretty good numbers, 347 ERA, but the underlying metrics say it should be in the low fours. I'm not convinced he's any more than average. Again, the last month or so, he has looked pretty good, but every starting pitcher has five good or bad games that makes him look a lot better or worse than he actually is. I don't think Smiley's anything but average. Brewers offense, again, very hit or miss. You never really know what you're going to get with him. Uh, so kind of take that for what it's worth. But Brandon Woodruff, pretty good pitcher. Uh, 351 area underline metrics and maybe a tiny bit better than that. A guy you absolutely trust against what against the right-handed pitcher is a subpar uh, Cubs offense. Uh, I trust the Brewers relievers more than the Cubs relievers. And, and I think you saw last night why in those extra innings, uh, first off Cubs had to lead the ninth um, and, and, and blow it to get the extras. And then at the ninth, the Cubs allow, you know, have the, the free runner on second base, of course, but then allowed three more base runners. And I mean, that inning was leading to disaster. It, it, they got out of it and they've been getting out of it a couple times that they won. They went back to back games where we won on them last week where they ended the game winning by one with a game ending double play. And I think that's what you're seeing that with the Cubs relievers. Like they're getting really lucky with this. And, and 
it's 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 not that getting double play balls isn't a skill. I mean, it absolutely is. It's just not a skill that like you want to always have to count on, right? If they if they continue to give up runners like this, if they continue to put themselves in situations like last night. More often than not, either you know that guy maybe flies up, and the next guy gets a base hit, or that guy gets a base hit, and boom, now you've got a three run inning and you've lost it extra. So. These Cubs relievers, they kind of are playing a little bit of a Houdini. I just don't think they can keep it up. The model doesn't either. The model does not like what, the, what it sees from them. So you've got a pretty big edge here with the Brewers relievers. And again, a pretty big edge, I think, starting pitcher-wise. And, and even when offensively, as much hit or misses that Brewers offense is, I don't really trust the Cubs offense either. It's a big great pick from the Brewers at minus 195. This is really one of those things where the, the model doesn't like it as much as I do. The model says minus 192, but I really trust Brandon Woodruff, and I really think that this is a great spot to fade Drew Smiley. It's a B-grade pick for me. As long as the number stays at a 1, at the, at the 2s, it drops a, a confidence level here for me because the premium just gets a little bit too high. I have to draw the line somewhere. In reality, I wouldn't treat it as uh, you know ABC firm, you know, full drop-off. Right, we've talked about this before. It's more like it's a B minus pick here, and if it jumps to, to two hundred, it's a C plus pick. It's just if I if I'm if I'm having cut points between A and B, B and C, for me the the, the two is an easy cut point. I, at two hundred, I think it's just a little bit too high. But in the one hundreds, I think the Brewers are going to play. Like I said, it's a spot I want to back Brandon Woodruff. I think people have forgotten that he's a really good pitcher. He's gotten lost in the shuffle. His his numbers are quite as good. Um, but I still think he's really good. I, I think he's getting lost behind Corbin Burns, getting lost behind the Brewers drama and the, the trade and the, their offense, right? We're talking about all these things, and he's just kind of like quietly having a really good year. I think he's a good pitcher, and I think Smiley, um, I think it's a great spot to fade him. Like I said, I, I just don't see him continuing this good run. I think he's much more average uh, than than the results have indicated. So it's just a good spot to be on the Brewers. Model says eight for this total. Total is actually seven and a half. Model would indicate to go over here. I do tend to think seven and a half is a little low. Just given these two teams, though, I kind of can see any type of game playing out, though. So it's not really a total that I like. Um, again, statistically, mathematically, I think over probably is a, it's the smarter play. Um, I'm just not, I'm just not convinced how many runs the Cubs are going to score tonight, um, and that could cause some problems if, you, if you're playing over. Um, I might look Brewers over though. Again, that offense is uh, you know pretty hit or miss, but like I said, I think it's a, a good opportunity to fade Smiley. Um, and so in those weaker Cubs relievers, at some point, it's going to bounce back for them. So maybe Brewers team total over might be better than a full game over for this one. The 17 Eastern first pitch Orioles at the Astros. You already talked about um, the Orioles, you know, last night getting getting the start of their the start of his life there uh, for that kid in, in a game that had one pitch. That led to a run. Uh, today's game uh, model says stay away from the total. Model says 8.3. Actual total is eight. Two very average pitchers, according to the model, with Dean Krimmer and Jose Urquidy. Both these guys have mid three ERAs. Both of them say have underlying metrics that indicate it should be a little bit higher than that. Now, Urquidy's underlying metrics are actually even worse than Krimmer's, uh, but the model trusts him to go a little bit longer. The Astros moved Christian Javier out of the rotation again. Um, Talked about this yesterday. I don't. I don't. I don't love Dusty Baker from an X's and O standpoint as an Astros fan. Uh, Javier's been for the last couple of years now a guy who me and, and and a lot of others have thought deserves to be in the rotation. The model would agree with that. 
as well and, and would indicate that either it's Luis Garcia or Jose Urquidy who needs to be out of the rotation if you want to go back to a five-man. I personally don't have a problem with a six-man, given that they've already comfortably won the division and, and keeping everybody healthy. But with some off days, if they want to go back to a five-man, I, I don't see why Javier should be in the bullpen at all because I don't really think Urquidy's that good. And, the, and again, the model here says he's exactly average. Benefit is that he'll be out of, out of the pen for him, and that just adds another good reliever for the Astros here, but you know, I, I, may, maybe it's a situation where Javier's you know ready to go on long relief if Urquidy struggles. So maybe that helps the Astros out a little bit. I, I'm not really sure what the game plan exactly is, knowing that you're starting a pitcher who's worse than a guy that you just moved to the to the pen. Getting off that soapbox, starting pitcher wise, it's pretty much a draw. Neither one of these pitchers is one I'm excited to back, but neither one of them's terrible either. Uh, both sets of relievers are pretty good. Orioles relievers have been fantastic all season. Uh, get a slightly above average grade. Astros relievers, I think better results than um, probably their actual skill level has indicated. And of course, with Presley out, closer to league average. The only edge the Astros have in this game is on offense, and that's diminished against the right. They're pretty right-handed heavy. Um, Astros are at home, but again, uh, the home team with only an edge offensively shouldn't be this big of a favorite. Astros are more likely to win than not, um, but they were more likely to win than not last night, and they didn't get it done. Minus 170, the price is way just, just way too high on the Astros. Model says it should be 141. And, and I tend to agree. Again, looking at it, you know, objectively, relievers and starting pitching is rounding error watch. You can nitpick over which one you think is better. Um, I think there's some good arguments to make on both sides. I mean, the, the Astros, you know, now with Martinez back up, Abreu taking a bigger role, Javier in the bullpen. I mean, solid set of relievers still, but the Orioles relievers have been great all season. Uh, again, these two starting pitchers, you, you can just argue which one, but it's all rounding here. Like, whichever side you're arguing, I'll say sure, but it's like by this much, right? Like, it's all a wash. The only edge the Astros have is on offense, and their offense is better than the Orioles, but I mean, not by enough to drive this large price. It's Orioles or pass. It's a bigger play from the Orioles here at plus 156. And they got a shot in this one uh, to win another game. The Orioles have surprised all season long. I'm not guaranteeing they do it tonight, uh, but I think, I think the price is worth a look here on Baltimore. 7-10 start time, Padres at the Royals. Relatively warm one here tonight in Kansas City. Something to keep an eye on. Upper 80s, temperature-wise, low 80s. One of the few places where the bull might fly out a little bit here tonight. Uh, wind blowing out to start, it's just going to shift to be across as the night goes on in the 5-10 to 10 mile an hour range. So, I mean, you've got a possibility for some runs here. That's why the total is 8.5. Model only says 8.7, though. Model doesn't really love the Royals' offense. And you, Darwish, has been a pretty good pitcher. So, the model says the total is pretty... Um, pretty well priced, but I might lean over eight and a half because I think nine is very possible on this one. So model doesn't say a huge edge there, but given the warmer weather, nine might be on the table here uh, tonight. Again, edge the Padres here with regards to starting pitcher, Hugh Darvish, 339 ERA underline metrics lineup right with it. Talked about him all season, a great year, kind of revitalizing his career towards the end of it here. Um, kind of thought he was left for dead and, and a great season for him. Hats off. Uh, love what he's done. Gets a, you know, Solid pitcher, absolutely. Uh, Daniel Lynch for the Royals, very meh. Uh, model has him right below average. 458 ERA, underlying metrics, and that's pretty accurate. I mean, a guy you can roll out every five days, and you kind of just forget he exists because he's so mediocre. Um, Padres, of course, have better offense, too, uh, and better relievers. Padres should be road favorites here. The question is just by how much. I think the price is too much. 205 for the Padres here on the road. I think they have edges everywhere. I just don't think they're large enough to justify a number that starts with a two on the road. Um, so I'll be on the Royals here at plus 188 with a B-grade pick. I think they might pull an upset accidentally. Model says the price should be 172. So there's some value here on the Royals. It's Royals or pass. If you want to pass some of these bigger underdogs, 
That's totally fine. If you want to look run line, totally fine. I think you got a lot of options on this one. I just can't recommend any real form of a Padres play. Again, as much as I like Darvish, I think the Padres are still a little bit overpriced. Um, I keep waiting for that price to come down because they're a fun team and I'd love to back them. They've got a lot of good starting pitching, uh, but there's just too much inconsistency with that team to lay this type of price on the road, in my opinion. I think the Royals offer some value here at plus 180. I'll be on them with a B-grade pick. I think it's worth a look. Um, I, like I said, it's Royals or passing. I think Royals, you should you should look, maybe, maybe drop a, you know, a half unit or something, something small in the Royals, just see what happens. Big payout. If he gets it done, that's what we're talking about long-term. We're talking about making plays where the payout is larger than the probability um, you know, uh, uh, of, of success here. And that's the case here. I think, I think the payout's pretty good. Um, Royals might accidentally win this one near plus 200. Offers some value. <clears throat> Diving back to the White Sox. Dallas Keuchel getting a start today in a, in a game where his two former teams this year are facing off. It's poetic justice right here. Um, Mid-70s for the entirety of this game. Wind's blowing in all night, and that's why the model likes the under here, and I tend to agree. This is one of my favorite unders of the night. 8.5 is way too high. Model says 7.3. Merrill Kelly is a fantastic pitcher here. Uh, sorry, maybe I shouldn't say fantastic. He's a good pitcher who I think has fantastic value because people – for the most part this year, haven't realized that he's good. They treat him as average. There's been a couple stretches where it's felt like he's been priced right. I've kind of talked about like, oh, maybe the value's gone from him. I, 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 I he's just he's a good pitcher. And this White Sox offense against righties isn't one to write home about. And and I don't see the White Sox having a ton of success. But this Dimebacks offense, I don't think is very good either. I don't see them having a ton of success either, especially with the winds blowing in tonight. I think eight and a half is way too high. I would set this total at probably eight heavily juiced to the under just because I'd be afraid to go to 7.5. But in reality, 7.5 is probably a much more accurate number than 8.5. I see this being a low-scoring game. I really like this under here. And with regards to the side, I think it's a coin toss type game. So plus 103 offers some value. Talked about Kelly. I think he is really good. I'm not sure this White Six offense is going to have a lot of success against a righty. They tend not to. They're very average against righties. But that said, the Diamondbacks relievers still can leave a lot to be desired. They shouldn't pitch much with Kelly in there, but that's going to be a couple of scary innings at the end of this game. If it's close, that's going to be edge White Sox. Davis Martin is competent. And again, the White Sox relievers pretty good. So, I mean, I think the White Sox can have a lot of success pitching. I see this being a low scoring game and plus odds. I think it makes sense on the White Sox. Plus 103, it's a B-grade pick. At a neutral side, I'd say the Diamondbacks should be favored. And, I, and I'd love backing Kelly. In Arizona, I'd say they should be favored. I'd love backing Kelly at home against this White Sox offense against right-handed pitchers. But in Chicago, um, like I said, neutral site, Diamondbacks should be favored. In Chicago, I don't think so. Model says White Sox minus 106. Um, so there's some value here at plus odds in the White Sox to be a great pick for me as long as it starts, as long as it's a plus number or at least even money. The White Sox are worth a look. Like I said, as much as I like Merrill Kelly, um, I just don't like the price on him here on the road. Uh, again, given the White Sox are starting a competent pitcher in Davis Martin, not one who's amazing, but one who can go out there and give you four decent innings and turn it over to a decent set of uh, relievers there for the rest of the White Sox. 715 Eastern first pitch Braves at the Cardinals Went with that a great play on the Cardinals uh, last night. And uh, well, that, that was a thing. <laughs> I'll be on the Cardinals again tonight. Not with an A grade though, but I still think there's value on the Cardinals here at home. I don't think they're that much behind the Braves here with regards to how good they are. Offensively, the model thinks that they're a little bit better statistically this season. That's been the case. 
Um, relievers, of course, the Braves have an edge, but the relievers aren't going to matter as much in a game like tonight with two pretty good starting pitchers. Model thinks the starting pitchers are a watch, gives the tiniest of edges to Charlie Morton. That's rounding error. Um, his year in the season, 399. Underline metrics have him as a little bit better than that. And he's looked really good lately, getting a lot of swing and misses. I think Morton's a good pitcher with good Braves. Um, relievers behind him i don't think the cardinals i think the cardinals offense can be held at bay here uh, by that but i think the same thing for the cardinals with jordan montgomery has been fantastic since coming over uh, from the yankees a 308 era probably not quite that good but still a very good pitcher model gives him a rating like i said right behind charlie morton i think both pitchers are going to have a lot of success here i think it's a low scoring game one i'd definitely be looking under model says 6.7 the total seven and a half i'm not sure why it's not seven I know the Braves scored about 127 runs last night, but I don't see that happening tonight off of Jordan Montgomery. I think he can have success. It's a low-scoring game. Cardinals threw some of their worst relievers last night as it got out of hand, so hopefully their fresher arms are rested and ready to go tonight. I think they're going to need them. I think it's a tight, low-scoring contest. And kind of like I talked about with the White Sox, it's a similar idea. Plus 102 offers some value. Um, you know, the, the, the price here matters, and it, 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 it's kind of a mental thing because long-term it doesn't really matter. The difference between plus 102 and minus 102 is no different than plus 102 to plus 106, right? But but it's kind of a mental thing that makes me feel a little bit better just kind of keeping track of everything. It's like the difference between buying something that's $9.99 versus $10.99, right? That $1 shouldn't really matter, but mentally it kind of does. Getting these plus odds is nice because you're sitting there looking at a plus 103 and a plus 102, and it's a small thing, but you're sitting there going, hey, it's well, one of the two and I've profited off of them, right? It, we're talking we're slow and steady, trying to keep our bankroll even and or rising, just not falling. And if you got two plus odds, or even money type things, and you got a chance to win both. And if not, if you split, you've at least made a little bit. The plus odds makes a lot of sense here on the Cardinals. It's a B-grade play. Model says it should be Cardinals minus 104. A very similar setup to that White Sox game. Low scoring. I like both unders. I like both home teams as plus odd dogs. I think both home teams should be slight, slight favorites because they're home. I would take the road teams in these situations on a neutral field, but that's not how they play these. So given that they're at home and underdogs, I like both the underdogs and low scoring games I like those unders as well. 715 Eastern first pitch giants at the twins took the giants last night. That didn't work. So I'm paying homage here to the, uh, to the twins. Uh, I got to give respect where respect's due. Uh, the, the model's kind of zigging and zagging on the twins here. You know, kind of like the twins a lot and uh, got a little twins happy and it didn't really work out. Um, last night went the other direction and, and the twins showed me who was boss. So, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's like I'm paying up a bet here, you know, we're in the twins jersey here, you know, after they made me look like a fool last night, uh, I'll be on the twins tonight. Not a lot of value at this number though, minus 134. I'm really hoping that the number drops to about minus 130. That'd be kind of my buy point to jump this to a B grade pick. Uh, I think there's some value there if it gets to that point, but at 134, I still think the Twins are worth a look. The model says 136, so the model says there's a little bit of an edge here. There's a lot of, you know, I, and I've said this before. Maybe some of y'all missed it. Uh, you know, we're 45 minutes in now, so maybe maybe half of y'all turned off by now. But uh, I've talked a lot about, too, I'm under no delusions that the model is accurate to the tenths of a percentage point or even to the percentage point. There's never been any evidence that any model could ever be that accurate. I'm not under any delusion that mine is either. So when I say 57.6% one probability, maybe that's actually 56.6. Maybe it's 58.6. And that's where we talk about 
trying to figure out how comfortable you feel about this. There's a chance that the Twins should actually be a little bit more bigger favorites in this and minus 133 even offers more value. There's a chance it should be a little bit less, minus 134 or minus more of a break-even play. So I said, I think they're worth a look. It's just not quite as exciting of a price for me, and that's why it's only a secret pick because as good as I think Sonny Gray is, I've got Alex Cobb as the better starting pitcher here tonight, and that's why I just don't like laying a bigger price when I'm going against what I think is the better starting pitcher. Uh, Cobb's ERA is a lot higher at 399. We talked about him a lot. Talked about the top of the show, he's a guy I've been continuing to say. I think his ERA is going to continue to drop all season. It really has after a rough start. Underlying metrics say it should be more more around three. Um, I think he's a really good starting pitcher. Um, I think if you just look at that ERA, I think it's very misleading. I think he's a, I think he's really good. Like I said, I think he's better than Sonny Gray. As good as Gray's been this year, 310 ERA, underlying metrics say it should be more in the mid threes. Gray is really good, and I am comfortable backing him. But again, I think Alex Cobb's actually a little bit better. Twins, of course, have a huge edge with regards to the relievers, and that's where I'm just hoping that Gray and Cobb can kind of duel it out, match each other, and then it's a 2-2 game in the sixth. If that's the case, now we're talking business here. Twins at home with a price at minus 134 is exactly what I want to be on. So that's why I said I think they're worth a look. I think they're worth an investment. I'm just not loving the price. I just would like it to be a little bit better before I get more excited about it. So by the time this comes out, if you can grab a minus 130, probably more B-grade quality in my opinion here. Uh, offensively, these two teams are uh, pretty similar, but I mean, Twins have a slight edge. And again, I love their relievers. The only downside is, again, I think Alex Cobb is really good. So I'm just afraid to lay too big of a price going against him. But as long as Sonny Gray can keep him in a tight, low-scoring game here midway through before it turns over to relievers, I think the Twins are in great shape. Total of this one, 7.5. Model says 7.7. They think it'll be low-scoring. I tend to agree. I think it's priced fairly well. 905 Eastern, first pitch Yankees at the A's, a standard night in Oakland. Like we always talk about kind of mid-60s to start, around 60 degrees to close, winds blowing out, 10 miles an hour start, dying down as the night goes on. Domingo Herman versus Adam Aller. Adam Aller, poor guy, becoming a punching bag for being the worst starting pitcher in my database. Uh, I'm, sure he's, I'm sure he's a nice guy, and he's infinitely better than I am as a starting pitcher. But with regards to all the other starting pitchers, he's the guy that I want to fade the most. Problem is the price is really high. Everybody else knows that he's not very good. He's got a 641 ERA, and the underlying metrics say that's pretty accurate, which is very, very bad. Um, Domingo Hermano, on the other hand, 389 ERA. Underlying metrics this year, only 34 innings, but the underlying metrics say mid-fours is probably more accurate. He just gets an average rating. He's not really a guy that I think is great. Talked about it before. I think Jordan Montgomery would have been a much better guy to keep um, and keep Hermon as a backup when injuries you know, certainly happen. Um it, not, a, not a bad pitcher, just not really a great one, in my opinion. Of course, the thing is, the Yankees' offense is much better than the A's' offense. The relievers, not really that much better. But, I mean, the Yankees should get out early on this one, and then the relievers shouldn't matter. Uh, model says eight for the total, and that's exactly what it is. So the model says totals stay away. This is an exact example of what I had talked about, though, with regards to just changing up the accounting on some of these bigger favorites. I'm giving this a B-grade pick. I think the Yankees are worth an investment here in the low minus 200s. But in the previous system, I would have had to give this a C-grade because I would have said I don't want to risk four units to win two. That's just too much um, here. But with a B, now with a new system, I can give it a B-grade. I think the Yankees are worth a look. It's just the price is really high, so you can't get too heavy in how you invest it. Again, you'll see in the, in the Google Sheet that I've got there kind of a little template for how much of the investment I think it's worth. But I think the Yankees are worth a look. Um, here in the low 200s, model says 214. So as long as you're in that 215-ish or better range, I'm totally comfortable backing the Yankees. I'm totally comfortable fading Adam Aller. We talk about a lot of times teams at the tails of the distribution. The model has a hard time dealing with any model will. 
And Adam Aller has been the poster child for that. He's been extremely bad, and he might actually be worse than the model rates him. It's just hard to know exactly where to put him. Um, he's absolutely a guy that I'm comfortable fading. It is a pitcher-friendly ballpark, but that has only helped him so much, as even though he's had half of his games, there's ERA is still in the mid-sixes. The Yankees' offense should have no problem putting up some runs, getting up early, and then kind of cruising to a victory uh, to finish it off. Last game, again, Guardians-Mariners, another series we talked about here. We've just another game in the series we've talked about, just all ignoring. Uh, I told you all I loved the under yesterday, uh, and that hit even despite the game going into extra innings. But I, talked about, I think it was kind of a coin toss game uh, yesterday, and I just thought the, the Guardians had a slight edge there. Um, couldn't quite get it done in extras. Um, had a lead early and, and lost it. Today's a little bit of a different story, though, because we have a massive pitching mismatch as opposed to Last night, where we had two great pitchers going against each other. Uh, today, we have a great pitcher for the Mariners in Luis Castillo, but only an average one in Zach Plesac. Uh, Plesac's got a 4.43 ERA. Underlying metrics agree with that. Just, again, very run-of-the-mill average. Kind of like Daniel Lynch we talked about. Just a guy who's just ho-hum, going to go out there and be solid. You know, probably not going to give up, you know, eight runs too often. Probably not going to go eight shutout too often either. Just kind of an average pitcher. Um, and given the Mariners' offense, I mean, the Mariners should score a few runs off of him. Uh, Luis Castillo, uh, for the other, on the other hand, obviously a really good pitcher. But again, a guy I talked about last couple starts. As good as he looked there for the Mariners, he's he's not that good. He's very good, but he's not that good. He's got a 2.93 ERA. Underlying metrics say low threes and a low three ERA type pitcher. Again, very good, but not a guy who's going to go out there and give you the eight shutout innings or whatever he did those first few starts. So again, a guy you're comfortable backing, very good pitcher, much better than Plesak, but not in that tier, at least yet, not in that tier and probably not because we kind of know what he is at this point, but not, not in that Max Scherzer tier, not in the Justin Verland tier, not in the Fromber Valdez, Shane McClanahan. Right? He's just not in that tier. He's one tier below that. Very good, not to that level. Uh, and that's kind of why I'm on the Guardians here at this price. I think this is priced as if Luis Castillo is Justin Verlander. And again, I think he's one notch lower than that. So being the Guardians at plus 158, I think that's priced just a little bit too high. But again, like I said, it's a series I'm very comfortable pretending doesn't exist. Partially because of how good these two teams have been, but partially because I think it's priced fairly well. Model says it should be 160. So plus 158 doesn't really offer a lot of value for us here. Bottom line, though, is I just don't want to lay a price like minus 170, minus 180 on the Mariners, which is what I'm seeing right now. Again, you never know how it's going to move. If the price drops and you can get a price like minus 150, I'd absolutely love backing Luis Castillo at home against that police second minus 150. I'm just not going to do it at 180. Uh, too much of a premium there. So I'll be on the Guardians here. Just a lean, again, I think it's priced fairly well. But as I said yesterday, I still like this under. You got two uh, amazing sets of relievers in a very pitcher-friendly ballpark in another situation where if they open that roof, which it looks like they should because it's going to be a nice night, a little bit cooler of a temperature right now with the model with the roof closed, says 6.6, .6, but if you open the roof, it's probably going to be more like 6.4. I think 6.5 is the right total for this. So going under 7, which is the number I'm seeing as of this morning, I think makes a lot of sense for another situation where if you're staying up late on this one, rather than looking at the side, maybe the Guardians worth a look at big plus odds, but if nothing else, I think that total under makes a lot of sense. Police that giving up runs is the one scary thing, but Castillo probably won't give up too much, and then when it gets to the relievers, it'll be low scoring. I mean, it should be a quick game. I expect another game kind of like the first two of the series, 3-1, three to 3-2. Three to two. Maybe the Guardians pull it off, the payout's good. Uh, but if nothing else, I think it's a low-scoring game. And again, just all about the price. I just don't want to pay too big of a premium on the Mariners because the Guardians are a good enough team to, to win this game, and nobody would be shocked if the Guardians win this. I mean, Luis Casillo lost. 
to the A's last week. And that was much more shocking than this would ever be. So the Guardians winning wouldn't be shocking, uh, which I just have to be careful about paying too big of a premium. But I think it's a low-scoring game here uh, in Seattle to wrap us up tonight. And that's, again, part of the reason why I think the Guardians maybe make a little bit of sense here at these plus odds. But again, not enough value to love. Only a C-grade pick for me. I'll recap the A plays for you here in the afternoon. Got the Angels at plus 133 at the Blue Jays. In the early evening, I've got the Phillies at minus 260, home against the Pirates. Got the Marlins plus 180, backing our boy Sandy against the Dodgers. Got the Reds plus 124 at the Nationals. And that's all I've got for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder to check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link in the description and on the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. I will see you on Monday. And until then, best of luck this weekend with all your baseball and college football bets. Until I see you again, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.